Hi friends, and welcome to Live Well with Emily, a podcast where we talk about all things yoga, Ayurveda, mindful living, and holistic wellness. My goal is to inspire and empower you to cultivate a deep sense of connection with yourself and give you the tools necessary to live a more balanced, healthy, peaceful life. I'm so happy you're here. Let's get started. Hey love, welcome back to the podcast. I'm super happy you're here and I'm happy to be here too. Okay, so let's jump right in. Today we're going to talk about the three pillars of life. So svashta is a Sanskrit term that translates to being established in the lower physical self and the highest soul self. So it implies that in order to have perfect health, we must be fully in our body, grounded in the physical world, while simultaneously being deeply connected to and established in spirit. Okay, so one connection without the other is incomplete and imbalanced. Now, it might sound intense (laughs) and maybe a little bit intimidating. Um, Like how can we consistently stay on top of nourishing our whole being, both physically and spiritually, when we have jobs and families and just everyday business of life to attend to. Um, But luckily Ayurveda's most prominent classical text, the Charaka Samhita, outlines what's known as the three pillars of life. The text states that when we align with these pillars, we create the foundation for a long, happy, and healthy life. These pillars are the basis of svasta, and uh, they're actually pretty simple to incorporate, really. So the first one is proper food. Okay, so the gut is everything. I mean, there are so many studies that suggest there's a direct correlation between the state of our gut microbiome and the overall health and well-being of our mind-body, right? An unhealthy gut can cause systemic, pathogenetic, and even mental diseases such as Parkinson's, IBS, depression, and so much more. Uh, The food you eat becomes the tissues that make up your being. So it's important to be mindful of your intake. The truth is there's no one-size-fits-all diet. I say that all the time, right? Not every food is right for every individual, even if it's considered healthy by the vast majority. So eating food that fits your personal constitution uh, is imperative for lasting health, right? And you can talk to a local Ayurvedic practitioner to get some personal guidance on this. You can talk to me. You can look through, um, you know, my Instagram, I have some posts on this, or you can go back and listen to more of these podcasts. I talk a lot about the foods and stuff, the tastes that are good for each dosha, all of that good stuff. So while everyone's dietary needs are going to vary based on, you know, their own physical makeup, um, I have a couple tips here that are just general Ayurvedic guidelines that will aid in optimal nutrient absorption and proper digestion, which is paramount to a healthy body and mind. So tip number one is stick to whole, unprocessed, local, seasonal foods 90% of the time. 
cook your own meals at home, and try to make more things from scratch, like bread, tomato sauce, even pasta. It's actually really easy to make pasta, and it tastes way better when you make it yourself. Um, You know, a cheat here and there isn't the end of the world. It's all about balance, right? Balance is key. But the more food that you can make on your own, fresh, like each meal is a fresh meal, not not from a canned thing, not frozen foods, not um, leftovers even. We're trying to get as fresh, whole, unprocessed as possible, okay? Tip number two is make lunch, which is between 10 a.m. and 2 p.m., your biggest meal of the day. That's really when your digestive fire or your agni is at its peak. So it's, um, you know, your body is more capable of transforming that food into nourishment. And this is really the time to, you know, to really pig out as one of my teachers says, like make lunch the time when you pig out because your body can handle it. So there you go. Okay. Tip number three, eat only until you're about two thirds full. So consuming too much in one sitting causes the body to become overwhelmed and sluggish. Uh, Give your stomach some space, literally, to um, effectively process meals. Plus, if you pause when you think you're still hungry, chances are a few minutes later you'll realize actually that you're pretty full. But if you are still hungry after a few minutes, then by all means, please go eat more. It's really just a matter of slowing down and communicating with your body during the process of eating. So we're actually, we're naturally designed to feel full after a meal and still have space in our bellies. So this isn't about starving or restricting ourselves at all. It's just slowing down, listening to the body, stopping before you're like, oh my gosh, I'm so full. Cause that means that you've already overeaten. Okay. Okay. So the next um, pillar is proper sleep. So have you ever wondered why you sleep so much more when you're fighting an infection? Um, obviously you're more tired, but, but why, you know, sleep is absolutely essential for your well-being, And unfortunately it's often overlooked in our fast pace, go get our lifestyles, but research shows us that Getting proper sleep each night drastically improves both mental and physical health. When you sleep, your body goes into repair mode um, where it's able to detoxify, heal, and de-stress. It even regulates hormones and metabolism, aiding in healthy weight, digestion, and more. At the same time, your mind uses that downtime of sleeping to assess and absorb recent impressions that it's taken in and transforms experiences into knowledge. So that means that sleep enhances memory, improves mental and emotional stability, and resets the nervous system. Adults should do their best to get an average of eight hours of sleep every night in order to fully show up during waking hours. So I have some simple sleep guidelines here from Ayurveda experts. Okay, so tip number one, begin wrapping up your day around 6 p.m. So that's when kapha energy slow, heavy, calm, uh, begins to rise. So do your best to finish your work for the day before then so you can let go mentally as well, right? 
minimize screen time and artificial lights and focus on soothing activities such as reading or enjoying a hot bath, chilling out with your family. I highly recommend you go outside and watch the sunset. Things like that are going to be really great. So after 6 p.m., wind your day down. Let the day go. Enter into that calm, heavy, slow kapha energy. Tip number two, um, it's best to fall asleep before 10 p.m. So that's when pitta energy, productive, powerful, transformative, uh, begins to rise. So that can kind of give us a second wind and disturb your quality of sleep for the night if you don't fall asleep. Um, if we, so if we fall asleep before 10 p.m., that productive pitta energy is actually put to good use by healing the body um, and mind in the ways I mentioned earlier. <laughs> okay, tip number three, wake up by 6 a.m. So this, again, kapha time starts again at 6 a.m. So if you can, wake up before then or by then, and go outside and watch the sunrise to get the proper hormones flowing through your body, to wake up and also just feel the wonderful amazingness of a sunrise. I love sunrises, especially here in Arizona. They're so beautiful. Um, during the summer, this may be a little bit more challenging for some people because the sun can rise very early. Uh, so it doesn't have to be super rigid, you know, but getting out of bed and stepping outside... Uh, no later than 6 a.m. is generally a good rule of thumb. If not even, you know, earlier, like if you can wake up 5 a.m., that's good too, especially for a kapha dosha. Trying to wake up uh, before the sun comes up is, is a good idea. Okay, um, the third pillar of life is brahmacharya. So many people know this word as celibacy, and I've talked a little bit about this before on the podcast, but it's worth mentioning again, especially since it is a pillar of life. So <laughs> while, um, while celibacy is not entirely incorrect, it's also just not the whole picture. The actual translation of brahmacharya is walking with God or actions that are consistent with the creator. So think of it like this. We're all creators co-creating with the universe every single moment. You are either spending your precious energy in a way that serves the well-being of yourself and the world or you're not. So brahmacharya is living with consciousness and discipline. Discipline isn't a bad or repressive practice. In fact, when we are able to practice self-discipline, we find more freedom. Brahmacharya gives us more time to enjoy the small things, greater health and energy to experience um, life on a daily basis, and the capacity to be more successful in our work. You know, it brings fulfillment, it brings inspiration, and it brings balance to all things, really. So here are some tips for practicing brahmacharya. Tip number one is to stay consistent with the first two pillars, <laughs> right? Proper food and proper sleep. Very important. Totally a part of practicing brahmacharya. Tip number two 
is create without attachment to the outcome. So paint, write, sing, dance, whatever it is. It could be, um, it could even be creating curriculum or software, you know, like if it, if it sparks something inside you, make it right? It could be making a podcast like me. (laughs) Um, You know, you can get loosey-goosey with it, right? Make things solely for the sake of creating just because you can, because it's fun, because there's an artist in all of us waiting to be actualized, right? And who knows, you might end up with a masterpiece. Okay, tip number three is to give. Give to yourself, your family, your community, and the earth. Offer your love, be of service, and be yourself because we need you that way, right? So when we boil things down, we can see that perfect health or svastha lies in the beauty of simplicity, proper food, a good night's sleep, and conscious, disciplined, creative living. Those are the gateway to a holistically healthful life. Align with those practices and experience Vesta for yourself. One more thing that I would add here that I think could fit into brahmacharya as well is move your body. You have to move your body every single day. Make sure whether it's a walk or it's a run, a bike ride, dancing in your living room, a yoga class, Whatever it might be for you, lifting weights, you know, it doesn't matter really what it is, but you have to move your body every single day to truly stay healthy. We are absolutely meant to move our bodies, to work our bodies. And we've sort of, it's a little unfortunate because we have found ourselves in this situation where we are no longer living in a space of you know, we're not living in our natural environment. So there's, you know, we have to work to, to live like we used to. (laughs) Um, so, and one of the things that we used to do every single day, because we had to, was we moved, we ran, we walked, we built things, we cooked our food with our hands, we were squatting, we were sitting, we were standing, you know, so Really try to get that movement in every single day as much as you can. Take the stairs instead of the elevator. Ride your bike to the store instead of driving your car. Things like that. Little, little steps. Okay? Okay, that's all I got for you today. Thank you so much for being here. I will be back next week with some more uh, yummy stuff for you guys. So I'll talk to you then. Okay, love you.